I'm Dee Bonnie, and this is the Ignite Your Marriage Podcast. I'm an ER doctor turned marriage coach. Join me on this journey as I share with you issues that I've faced, mistakes that I've made, that all put me in a position where I had to look to God to figure out how to begin doing marriage and life His way, not my way. I believe that average marriages are just mediocre, and I'm on mission to help you abandon mediocrity. Do me a favor, and please click the subscribe button right now. Leave us a review on iTunes. Also, share this with your friends. Marriages will change. I'm going to get raw and vulnerable on here. We're going to talk about things that I face. We'll talk about infidelity, divorce, blended families, communication. We'll discuss how to have healthy conflict. Talk about sex, money, boundaries. If married people deal with it, it will be a topic on here. Get started designing the future you want with your spouse. Let's begin to ignite your marriage. D. Bonnie here. I wanted to talk to you today about this idea that your needing your spouse is ruining your marriage. <laughs> what? Yes, you needing your spouse is damaging your relationship. And I want to give you three techniques that you can implement today to help you stop needing your spouse. I want to tell you a story to kind of frame this whole concept. So, when I was in high school, I dated a girl who would go on to be my fiance in college and my wife in college. I got married young guys the first time. And you see, I get to come on here and talk to you because I've already made all the mistakes and I wanna help you not make them. So we went off to college at a small Christian school. And for the first time in my life, I found myself away from home, away from comfortable surroundings living in a dorm with a roommate for the first time. And yet I had a girlfriend. I had a girlfriend who would go on just a few months into our freshman year of college and become my fiance. What was I thinking? So we were dating, we were a couple, and she was roommates with her best friend. And I was, I was getting to the point, I was, I was psychotic. Like I was not healthy. And I look back now and I'm like, man, like why did she ever marry me? So I remember there was this one Friday night that she wanted to go out and hang out with her friends, go to dinner. And um, guys, I, I lost my mind over that. Like, why would you not want to be with me? Why, when we have opportunity to hang out and we hung out all the time, why would you not want to spend it with me? Why would you want to go be with them? And I uh, was, I don't remember. I was like not calling her because we didn't have cell phones. I don't know what I was doing, but I was, I was losing my mind. I was trying to figure out where they were. I wanted to make, I, I don't know. It's an embarrassing story that I share with you, but see at that time I needed her like needed to my very core. Like my, my view of self was dependent on her on her approval, on her desire to be with me. And it was completely unhealthy. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that, but there's all ends of the spectrum for this. So have you ever felt like that your emotional state was dependent upon the emotional state of your spouse? If so, then that's not, that's not completely healthy, guys. Now, I get that, you know, if my wife is going through a difficult time, if she's got something that's troubling her, then of course I'm gonna experience that. I'm gonna have empathy and I'm gonna have sadness and I'm, I'm gonna to want to try to help. But when it starts eroding my life, when it starts crumbling my structure so that I don't have any peace because she doesn't have any peace, and it's beyond just being concerned with and wanting to help. It's when my identity is lost in her issues, then that's something that's called enmeshment. A friend of mine, Jerry Wise, he actually wrote a blog about how the problem with you and your spouse isn't that you've drifted apart. It's that you've drifted too close together. That sounds a little contradictory, right? We want to be close to the person that we love, but there's healthy ways to do that and there's unhealthy ways to do that. And sometimes the uh, unhealthy way to do it is like I talked about, we're just completely engrossed in this other person and obsessed. And uh, I mean, it was like fatal attraction without a dead bunny, right, for me. But then I've gone to the other end of the spectrum and maybe you've been that place too, where you're like, okay, I'm gonna be completely not dependent on you. I'm gonna not have my life intertwined with my spouse whatsoever. And that created problems and distance and led to the deterioration of that relationship as well. So I mentioned enmeshment a minute ago. What is that really? What's that really mean? Well, the idea of enmeshment is where if you and I are in a relationship, either as spouses or friends or whatever, that your emotional state dictates my emotional state. So unless you're happy, I'm not happy. And when you're, um, you're upset with me, then all of a sudden I have no value in life. So enmeshment, I've seen that described as basically when two people, let's say a husband and a wife, when two people in a relationship, they don't have any boundary between them. And so their emotional states are permeable. A permeable membrane is one that has like holes in it so that what's on each side of the membrane mixes. In fact, I've got an example for you here. So this is you. This is you, this is your life, the clear on the bottom. And then this is your spouse's life. And so if you have a healthy relationship, then you guys, let's see if I can pull this off here. Look at that. So if you have a healthy relationship, you're connected, right? But their stuff doesn't come into your stuff. I mean, obviously, right? Like I said, we're married. If somebody's mean to my wife, I'm gonna feel defensive, but I'm talking about the deeper issues. The deeper issues such that my happiness is contingent upon her feeling great. That's not what this is, right? I'm still my own person, and then she's her own person, and we're connected. We're not distant, but we're connected, but yet her stuff doesn't just come into my life. Enmeshment is this.
Enmeshment is where that membrane is not solid and we don't have good boundaries. And so when something is going on in your spouse's life, it deeply, adversely affects you. Let's see if this will work here. Can you see that there? I'll zoom in on this. You see how like the purple, right? It's just, it's coming into the clear water. It's just, it's seeping in. And so you can imagine that over time, all this clear liquid on the bottom, it's gonna look purple. And that's the other person's junk in their life coming into yours. And there's no clear cut demarcation. There's no boundary there. And that's enmeshment. That's not what you want. You want to have a relationship with your spouse where you guys are separate but close. You're still individual people but different entities. And I'm not at all talking about being distant from your spouse whatsoever. So I wanna talk about three steps that you can take today to not be needy of your spouse because I know that it's gonna bless your relationship. So the first idea that I wanna discuss is your happiness or your unhappiness is on you. So it took me forever, guys, to figure this out because I made this mistake through multiple marriages. I thought that when I was unhappy, that it was my spouse's fault, that she was making me unhappy and if she weren't the way that she was, or if she were a different spouse, then I'd be happy. That's not at all how it works. In fact, one of the problems that I find that people do in their marriages is they, they need their spouse to do something for them that their spouse is not capable of. They need their spouse to do something that no other human is capable of. So we're all broken, we're all not excellent at everything. We don't, uh, we don't manage all of life well. We have injuries from our past. We don't manage, none of us manage all of life perfectly all the time. So a lot of times in our relationships, we find someone, we fall in love, and in the back of our minds, in our subconscious, we think that person makes up for my deficit. That person is gonna heal my injury. That person is gonna make it so that my being an introvert no longer adversely affects my social life. We want that other person, in the words of Jerry Maguire, we want that other person to complete us. Jerry, that's nonsense. No other person is gonna complete you. And guys, that's a tough lesson to learn. And I want you to take a look inside of you and think, Am I blaming my spouse for my lack of satisfaction in my life? Because if you are, then you haven't yet grown to the point that you realize that your unhappiness is all about you. So for me, I had to grow to the point that I realized not only is my happiness my problem, but my wife's happiness is not my problem. Does that make sense to you? Have you ever felt like that you needed to make sure that your spouse was happy, fulfilled, joyful? Because if you're carrying around that burden, guys, that's heavy. And you're not gonna be able to continue to lift that. So we each, you and your spouse, have to figure out 
that my happiness is about me. Now for me, I had to find that in my relationship with God. I had to start getting my identity in that place. So then I could feel good about me. And then if my wife's having problems, I'm a strong, whole, complete person. I can come to her side and help her. But we don't, we don't get that out of it. Because that's not, that's not helpful. That just basically brings, it brings both of us down. So the first step for you to figure out so that you were not over needy of your spouse, so that you're not deteriorating your relationship because of this neediness is that your happiness depends on you. The second concept that I want to teach you today, I hope you're taking notes. The second concept that I want to teach you today is this idea of being independently interdependent. It's a lot of words, right? It's actually just two words, but being independently interdependent. So what's that look like? As we're in relationship with our significant other, we need to be able to have our lives intertwined, yet still do so from a place of independence. So I need to be choosing, I need to be choosing to have my life intertwined with my wives. Now, if you ask me, once you're committed to your marriage, once you see your marriage as this permanent covenant, you don't really want to exercise the option to not, but I need to be, uh, I need to be independent. I need to be my own person. And so the way that I accomplish that is I develop me as a person. I focus on my personal growth while at the same time being willingly interdependent on my spouse. Now this is different than codependency. See, codependency is not healthy. Codependency is that, that frame of mind, kind of like what I had in college, of like, I need you to love me. I need for you to approve of me. I don't have any self-worth without you telling me that I'm worthy, right? And codependency also leads to, I'm going to help you even at the cost of injuring myself. And guys, I've said it before, Love might require sacrifice, it never requires injury. And there is a distinct difference between the two. Sacrifice is something where I'm, I willingly choose that I'm going to do something to serve you. So that might look like I'm going to give up going out with the guys on our planned activity. I'm gonna not go play poker because you need me tonight. See, that's different than you as my spouse guilt tripping me and saying, can't believe you're gonna go play poker with the guys when I just need you, I need to talk, blah, 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 right? So the healthy, independent interdependence is what I want you to shoot for in your life. Because that's going to, that's gonna to lead to both of you being more complete individuals, being whole. See, when Megan, my current wife and I got together, <clears throat> we were, we were two broken people, like broken, who were trying to assemble together to form a whole person. And it never works that way. What, what we need to be is two whole people 
who come together and then synergy happens and you have an amazing relationship, this marriage that kind of becomes its own entity, right? And that marriage is amazing, but it's amazing because it's composed of two healthy, whole, functioning individuals, right? Not needy people who are needing their spouse that are wrecking their lives, but two whole, complete individuals who are healthy, who then come together and support and love one another and go through trials up and down throughout life. So for us, we actually needed the third person there. We needed God to come in. So it's God, D, Megan, and that's, that's how our house is built. And guys, if you've not experienced that, I want to encourage you to find it because it has been phenomenal, like truly life transforming. Third concept that I want to talk to you about is the idea that it's okay for your spouse to disagree with you. See, I have struggled with that before too. I'm telling you, I've screwed this up, guys. So you need to make sure that you're okay with your spouse being a complete different independent person thinking differently than you think. Like, we need to stop trying to convince each other that our way is the right way. You know, there's an idea when it comes to conflict, you have an option. You can either be right or you can be happy. Guys, choose happiness. I don't have to convince my spouse to enjoy the same music that I enjoy, to like the same uh, food that I like, to be politically oriented the same way that I'm politically oriented. That's just unnecessary conflict. Look, if you guys were the same, there wouldn't be a reason for one of you in the relationship. Am I right? So get comfortable with this idea that my spouse is a different person than me. That person has different ideas, different um, concepts. They were raised differently. And once you realize that, then you guys can complement each other. And then one person's strengths kind of make up in the relationship for the other person's weaknesses, right? Like I am the spender, my wife is the saver, so we balance each other out. I'm the reason that we don't have a huge pile of money and she's the reason that we're not filing bankruptcy. So we balance each other out. But once you realize this idea that it's okay to view things differently, it's okay to have different priorities, it doesn't mean that you're not compatible. You just have to be comfortable with the idea that um, she's her own person, guys. I don't have to I don't have to change her, I don't have to fix her, I don't have to recreate her in my image. And when you do that, what you'll do is you'll help each other become those independent people. You see, people like Megan, they struggle with that because she is a people pleaser and I'm a recovering people pleaser. So I got to the point that I don't need you to like me anymore. I'm pretty comfortable with, with where I am. Uh, but Megan's a people pleaser and she likes to avoid conflict. And so one of the things that we've had to learn in our relationship is that our marriage is blessed when she's more assertive, when she speaks her mind, and when I encourage her to be more assertive, even when she disagrees with me. That's hard to do. But I was at a point a few years ago that I would try to use my power of persuasion, my ability to speak and to explain things to convince her that my way was right. And when she would sort of just wave the white flag, 
I thought I had convinced her, but no, I hadn't. All I had done was like one. I had proven that I was right, whatever that means, but at the sacrifice of happiness. And so I want to encourage you guys, like take a look at, at yourself and realize is conflict in your life coming because you don't like how your spouse thinks. Embrace that. Like give them a high five, have your own opinion. You're allowed to be wrong. So have fun with this. All right. So I just want to bring this home and I hope that you, I hope that you did take notes, but if you just want the Cliff's note version, the reason that you're needing your spouse is ruining your relationship is because by need, I mean being needy, right? I don't mean like I do. I need Megan in my life. Like I enjoy being married to her and I love the relationship that we have, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to cross over to being needy and enmeshed and codependent. When you do that, it's damaging your relationship. You know, it, it kind of works. It kind of works early on. It kind of works early on when everybody's putting forth their best, uh, their best effort and everything is shiny and new and you got the endorphins and the dopamine serotonin. You're just excited to, to have found someone that you love, right? It feels like it works because you both are going to be perfect for each other. You're never going to have any issues, but guys, real life is going to set in. And then this stuff gets real and you realize that those patterns that you didn't address, they don't bless you like they're harming you. So take a look at your life today. The first idea that we talked about is the concept that happiness is on you. Like you determine if you're happy, how you view the world, how you view your circumstances is going to determine if you're happy. It's not on your spouse. I have a responsibility to Megan to not cause her unhappiness, right? I don't get to just be a jerk and be like, well, if you're not happy, that's on you. No, that's not what we're talking about. But for me to be so tied up and I have to make her happy or that she's the reason for my unhappiness, it's not going to work. The second idea was the idea that you want to be independently interdependent, right? You want your, you want your lives connected and intertwined but still whole. So each of my hands are still whole, right? They don't, my right hand doesn't meld and become part of my left hand, but they're intertwined. They're interlocked. They're even inseparable, but healthy. And then the third idea was the idea that you don't have to agree on everything. You don't have to see the world the same. You don't have to share the same political views. You don't have to always want the same restaurant, right? I realized that there's some ethnic food that I don't generally eat because Megan doesn't like it. And she's fine if I go get my own food there, but I like to eat with her. So that's my problem. I got to work on that guys. I hope that this has helped you. If, if you found any value in this, or if you didn't, please leave a comment below, whatever forum, forum you're on watching this, uh, and then do me another favor, share it and go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. That way, when a new video releases, you'll get updated that there's more content that you can digest and, and num, 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 and enjoy. And hopefully, hopefully this is bringing improvement to your relationships. Hopefully you find something here, a little nugget that changes a little bit what you do, and it actually completely changes the trajectory of your life. Because I want to help you ignite your marriage. There's little embers there. Even if the passion's gone, there's little embers laying there that if we, if we fan those, we can start a fire and it can be a big, happy bonfire.
So make sure as you go through this week, the next month, you start working on this, right? This separation between you and your spouse, this healthy boundary. You're both connected. You're both there for each other, but you have your space and she has her space. And that's a happy glass. I love you guys. Have a good day.